Hi, I'm Debbie from Property Apprentice. In today's podcast, I'm talking about why you don't need a six-figure income to invest in property. This is based on an article that I wrote in September 2020. So, you know, a fairly recent article. But in the 10 years that we've been helping Kiwis get ahead financially by investing in property in New Zealand here at Property Apprentice, one of the things that's become abundantly clear is that there is no such thing as one size fits all when it comes to purchasing an investment property. You might be surprised that lots of people launch into property investment without even a basic understanding about things like rental returns, return on deposit, or even having any form of an investment plan in place. And in Auckland in particular, because house prices have increased quite dramatically over the last decade, a lot of Aucklanders feel that even buying a home is hard enough, let alone being able to afford to buy a rental property. And we're also seeing that in a number of other places across the country as well, you know, with recent house price increases. So the point here is don't give up because where there's a will, there's a way. And I've mentioned in an earlier podcast that it's not all about buying a property close to where you live. In fact, the area that you live might not be the best place for you to invest at all. So open your eyes and open up your mind to different options that might be available to you that could be better suited to your particular financial position. Now, if you've owned your home for a few years, you might already have enough available equity to fund a deposit on a rental property, so you don't even need to worry about trying to save for another house deposit. There's a bit of good news for you, isn't there? So now you've just got to have enough provable income to enable you to service a mortgage on a rental property in addition to your current mortgage if you've got one. Now, the banks will take a percentage of the rental income for your new purchase. They'll take a percentage of that and add that to your personal provable income. But talk to a good mortgage advisor to get help around that. Also, um, how much you can borrow is going to depend on your current financial position. So things like, do you have any other debt? Do you have dependents? Do you have credit cards, even if you don't use them? What sort of rental return are you looking for? All of those things will have an effect on your borrowing capacity. Now, if you don't yet own your own home, but you have managed to save a deposit, or if you've got help from the bank of mum and dad by way of an equity gift or a cash gift if you're lucky enough to be in that position, you might actually be better off to purchase a rental property before you purchase your own home. For example, if you live in Auckland, a lot of places in Auckland, rent is a heck of a lot cheaper than if you owned that same property and had to pay the mortgage rates and insurance on it. So, you know, just remember that it's not all about the area that you live in. But for us, for example, Paul and myself, we were tenants and landlords at the same time. So for us, because when we started investing, we were low income, it made more sense for us to stay renting the place that we lived in ourselves and buy rental properties elsewhere. It will depend on where your deposit's coming from, though, because if you're using KiwiSaver to fund the deposit, then you're limited to purchasing a property that you're going to live in for at least six months. So once you've decided how you're going to do the deposit, now you need to put a plan in place so that you can reach your long-term goals, whatever they might be. 
And that um, that plan needs to take into account your starting financial position, what you want to achieve from property investment, what time frame you're working with, what your total borrowing capacity is, and what level of risk you feel comfortable with as well. Now, at Property Apprentice, we've worked with clients who are on minimum wage right through to people with six or seven-figure incomes. We've worked with clients who've got minimal deposits right through to people who have got a large sum of cash in a savings account. So what we often find is that the clients with limited borrowing capacity can end up with at least as much success, sometimes even more success, than the clients on higher incomes. One of the reasons for this could be that people on higher incomes can sometimes be a bit more comfortable with their status quo when we compare that to people on lower incomes who we found are often quite strongly motivated to improve their financial position, you know, a lot more determined in some situations. Another reason could be that people with lower incomes, they tend to have lower borrowing capacity. So they might have fewer choices as to what types of properties and whereabouts they can purchase. And that means that they're unlikely to get confused or overwhelmed with all of the different options available in the property market because their choices are so much more limited, it makes it a little bit easier to do a search for a property and make a purchasing decision because they've got a real narrow focus on what works for them. And the people in that situation just need to make sure they're buying properties that have got a good balance between cash flow and long-term capital growth, depending on their financial position. Like I said before, that might require purchasing property outside of Auckland in order to get higher rental returns. Now, the hardest part about purchasing your first property is getting your deposit together. So you might be forgiven for thinking that surely people on higher incomes would find it easier to save that deposit. What we've noticed is that it's not necessarily true, because what often tends to be the case is that the more you earn, the more you spend. And the amount of money that people save for their deposit often boils down to their desire to own a property. Some of the best budgets that we've seen have been born out of necessity. So we've seen firsthand how you don't have to have a high income to be a really good manager of your money. You know, like I said before, we've worked with people on minimum wage right through to six and seven figure incomes. And sometimes the amount of money that people on minimum wage are able to actually put aside each week for their long-term goals is in some situations it's been more than people who've been on a really high income because you know some people on high incomes spend more than they actually earn so they're going backwards financially each week so it's not about what level of income you earn it's about how you manage what you've got okay If you don't have a six-figure income, don't let that be your excuse for stopping you from achieving what you want to achieve. Seriously, all you need is a good long-term plan, a strong desire, and a determination to succeed. And if you want help with that, feel free to get in touch because that's part of what we do here at Property Apprentice. Thanks for listening.